1: I'm Kathy Worthington, and welcome to a new episode of Late Boomers. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Claudia Roberts, and she knows about all things horses and the connections with their people.
2: And I'm Mary Elkins. Claudia is the owner of Pacific Dressage in Lakeview Terrace, just outside Los Angeles. She's had her training program for 20 years, and she's a graduate of US Dressage Federation's L program, which qualifies her as a dressage judge, and she trains horses and their riders.
1: Claudia was named Trainer of the Year in 2012 by the Interscholastic Equestrian League. Welcome, Claudia.
2: Thank
3: you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Kathy. It's good to be here.
2: Good to see you. Tell us a little about your early life. You weren't born here in the U.S., right? That's right. I
3: came from Argentina in 1963 with my parents. We immigrated to the States, to California. And I've been here ever since. I was three years old. and um, Did you speak English? I did not speak English when I came. No, my first language was Spanish. And um, I learned English here and um, I've been back one or two times to Argentina since that time.
2: Not much? When did you begin learning
3: to ride? Actually, I learned at a late age, I was 21 and it was kind of fell into my lap. My father bought my mother a horse because she had always wanted a horse and she did not know how to ride <laughs> but, but they got a horse. And I basically started taking care of him and riding on my own. And I started trail riding actually. And um, and then from there, I, I learned about dressage and fell in love with the sport. And that's the beginning of it all.
2: So well, there's he- no problem learning to ride to, at that age.
3: Well, I, I did have more you know, of, 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 a, of a problem because I'm, I was older. I had fear issues, a little bit of that. And, um, and yeah, it wasn't something I had done all my life. So as a late rider, I, uh, I worked very, very hard and rode a lot. I rode every day. I loved my horse. And, um, and I did a lot of trail riding in the beginning, like I said.
1: Yeah, we hear you also had an earlier career as a psychologist. So tell us about how you found that career and any stories or discoveries along the way with that.
3: Well, my mother was a a social worker when she came to this country. She was a social worker in Argentina. And then here she became a psychologist uh, and earned her PhD PhD and was also a marriage family child counselor and a licensed uh, clinical social worker. Um, And at one point, um, as I was exploring what I wanted to do in my life uh, and going to college and all that, I decided that I wanted to follow that career. And um, so I enrolled in a private uh, university where my mother had gotten her PhD and I received my master's in clinical psychology and at that time uh, my parents had uh, two um, psychological centers uh, in Glendale and I I ran one of them for them at that time and I got my hours and then I was able to practice for about 12 years there.
1: Wow. (laughs) <laughs> were you always riding when you were working as a psychotherapist? I was. I was
3: riding and working and, and, um, and then I was married at one point and, and uh, had my children. And at that point in my life, uh, after about 12, 13 years in uh, practicing as a therapist, I, just, I made a choice to continue with the horses and turn that into a profession
1: yeah, I was gonna yeah. ask how you made the transition from dressage as a hobby to dressage as a career.
3: Right. Well, it was it was gonna be difficult for me to continue doing as much riding as I wanted to do. And at and at that point, I had begun um, helping my trainer out and writing for her and also teaching for her. So and when I had my children, I wanted to be able to do something that would give me more time with my kids and more flexibility. So I turned the hobby into a profession.
2: Well, Claudia, tell our listeners who may not be familiar with dressage like me, uh-huh. what it is and what it's for and what it does for the horse and rider.
3: Well, dressage, in it's a French word and it literally means the training of the horse. And it comes from many centuries and centuries of riding uh it originally uh it originated uh in the in the wars actually they trained the horses to do certain movements to help the soldiers uh fight wars and um and it's a, as as it's developed uh, along the years it's become an olympic sport um and <clears throat> it's a it's a very if if you love horses it's a Systematic approach to training and to riding and learning how to ride, and it's about balance and it's about um, uh, balancing the horse and doing some uh, movements that help improve the physicality of the horse and the rider. <laughs> um, so it's a very systematic approach to training into riding.
2: You mentioned something uh, in, maybe on your website um, about partnering, learning how to partner with the horse. And I thought that was interesting.
3: Yes. Yes. Because when you do, when you ride dressage and you do it well, uh, and there's moments when you have a very simpatico feeling with those horse, you know, you, you're on top of the animal, you're um, you're, you're making them, um, you're facilitating uh, the riding and the movement of the horse, the natural ability of the horse. So there is a certain uh, feeling of becoming one with the horse.
2: Hmm. This yeah. is something I really wanted to ask you back to your psychology training. Uh-huh. Do you find it comes in handy when training horses and
0: the absolutely. humans and the right. humans.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
3: and in in many ways, um, I use my my background um, with people mainly. It's just it's just with people and in teaching um, on uh, in in ways that um, I hope is helping the person become more aware of themselves, more aware of their bodies, more aware of the relationship with their horses, uh, overcoming certain issues that some people have some fear issues or anxieties. Um, So yeah, it's really, it really has been very helpful to have that background. Confidence. And building confidence, absolutely. And self-esteem. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm sure anxiety and stress that people are feeling comes right along with them when they try to ride.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's yes. Yeah. A lot of many, many people have a lot of anxiety about falling and, you know, there's just, I think it's natural to, to be a little fearful and it's actually quite good to be a little fearful because the sport and the horses, the horses are unpredictable animals. So there is a, there's a certain level of, of, um, a fear that is healthy, but if it, uh-huh. it, when it takes over, when you can't, when you can't ride, and you can't, you, you know, it's it's it makes it more difficult. So, why you know, we do a lot of breathing exercises and focusing and um, imagination, using your imagination where you might be instead of, you know, instead of um, dealing with your fears. Yeah.
1: Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> and and uh, we talked about the fact that you married and raised two children, and they mm-hmm. were really little when you began teaching full-time dressage. They so you, are you saying that lent to more flexibility with their schedules?
3: Yes, exactly. Yes. To where I could leave, you know, the barn earlier to pick them up after school. Oh, and yeah. So, yeah, it did and also but also you know my husband did a lot of he helped a lot like on the weekends when i was teaching um or showing you know because that is part of of the 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 world here is is um you're not just writing but you're also you're not just training but you're also showing and Uh competing you know so yeah
2: but my husband uh helped out quite a bit with the children. Sounds like you have a great husband.
3: Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> yeah. Very helpful, yeah.
2: Tell us what a typical day for a full-time trainer consists of. Well, I
3: usually am up about 6.30. I'll be at my, sometimes at my first lesson at 7.30. I'll be teaching maybe four or five, six lessons in the morning. Then I'll ride. I might have, um four or five, six, depends on what the day entails, but four or five or six horses to ride. Um, and then I might have some afternoon lessons. So right now I'm, I'm quite busy. Um, and I do, I'm usually there till about five or six at night. And um, that's
1: a very full day.
3: It's very full. And then, you know, you have to, I'm very tired usually at the end of the day <laughs> and yeah. I I will either um, just come home and relax um, or if, if I can fit it in, maybe do a hike, you know, or take the dog
2: somewhere. Or,
1: Gosh, or, I don't know how you have energy to do something physical like that. Yeah, end. I was going yeah. to
2: say that. That's a lot of exercise. You must be in great shape.
1: What okay. is your favorite part of the job? Is it showing, is it training, is it lessons or is it actual riding your horse? Or is it what it, what would you be know?
3: The- it's, it's, I love, uh, I love riding the horses. I love training the horses. Um, it's very fulfilling when you're applying certain techniques or doing certain things with the horses and, and then you see progress with the horses. I also love teaching people. So, and the, the best part about teaching people is to see them progress you know, so mm-hmm. that, that is very fulfilling for
2: me. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine what, and tell me though, because I'm not that familiar with dressage, what mm-hmm. is it you train the horses to do? I've seen them lifting their feet. Yeah. Well, there's, there's many
3: things that you are, you, you take it uh, depending on the age of the horse, you know, you, you present them with different um different different things that we might be doing. For instance, a young horse, the main thing for the young horse is to be able to get on the horse safely, send the horse forward, meaning making them walk, trot, and canter, the three gates that we that they would do, um, and just being able to understand certain things, like when I put a leg on, that means to move off the leg, um, and your it reins, it's very, um, It's complicated, (laughs) but each each at each level of training, there are certain things that you would introduce to the horse. Mm. So and, you know, we do trail rides also where the horse can go out in the hills and and see different things and be exposed to um, wildlife or new trails or, you know, so um, I try to mix it up for the horses and for the people and for the riders, too. And maybe
1: explain about the different levels of dressage because people might not realize the levels you have to move up through as you show.
3: Yes, when you begin and you're, you're starting to show, there's an introductory level where you might just do walk and trot and there's a few tests in that level. There's three tests. Each level has three tests in it until you get to FEI. So there's US, USDF introductory levels. There's training level first level second level third level fourth level and then the FEI tests are tests that are created by the federation um, which is an international organization and they create tests like for example for the um olympics and the pan am games and so those levels are much higher and at that level your know, horses should be at least 6 years old and and doing um very um, extensive um, movements within a test. And, and then there you have uh, Pre-St. George inter- I-1, I-2, intermediate I-1 and two, and then the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix Special. So it takes a, a, a horse and a rider, if you're progressing through these levels, at least six years to get to Grand Prix from mm-hmm. the age of three or from the age of four that when you start the horse. Um, we don't start horses any earlier than three, usually.
1: And yeah, so unlike racing. Yeah, unlike right. racing I mean, where they're
3: out there at one and a half. Yeah. Right, right. right.
1: <laughs>
2: so you start them at three, and how long can you ride them in dressage? How old Oh, are you, you
3: can being? ride a, a dressage horse for as many years as they will stay sound. I mean, uh, we have... 26 year olds in our barn, we have my mare is 21. I ride a stallion who's 23. Hmm. So you can, they can, you know, the nice thing about dressage is that it actually helps the, the horse's physique. They become stronger in their hind end and gets their weight off their front end. So, uh, which helps in the whole overall health of the horse. And helps them, you know, last longer and and be, you know, into their, their horses can live into, I knew a horse that lived she was 40. Oh. And so they can live for, you know, about 30, 35 years in, you mm-hmm. know, in a healthy horse. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You advocated for bringing dressage to the hunter jumper world. And you yeah. also teach Western horses dressage. Yeah. How have those disciplines come together? Uh
3: well the there is a Western dressage uh, uh, organization that began about seven years ago, and they have uh, the whole Western world, I believe, has realized that dressage is very um, is is a a, a training um, that can be utilized to improve on many different things in a western horse, for example, the gates and mm. uh, the way they move, the, the 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 gates, the walk, trot, the canter, um, it can improve on suppleness in in, in their whole body, uh, and and uh, so they've created a series of tests and um, which people can show and and yeah, and I have a few clients that are that love to ride western, but they also love the dressage, so. So it goes hand-in-hand, and it's actually quite nice.
1: And when they do these dressage shows, they do them in Western tack with a Western bridle and Western saddle. Yes,
3: Yes, that's right. And they do movements that we do in in regular dressage tests.
1: And what uh, what about bringing it to the hunter-jumpers?
3: Oh, my, yes. Uh, It's definitely something that I've been very interested in. because I believe that with the right training in dressage, they can do much better at jumping, uh, for many, many reasons. One is the getting the horse conditioned properly over their backs and in the con- correct contact and stronger behind and their hind ends. Um, so yeah, I, I like tra- training, uh, training jumper people because, um, one, they, be, they get knowledge and they, they, they can pick up movements and exercises that they can do to help enhance the horse that they are riding. And that in itself helps them for the jumping. Absolutely.
1: That's great.
2: Mm-hmm. I would think the uh, 100 jumper uh, riders would have less fear as well.
3: Well, most of them, yeah, a lot of them don't have much fear. <laughs> but, I so know, they're when they're going over six-foot yeah.
1: jumps. <laughs> exactly. the
3: they're already a little less fearful than dressage exactly. riders. yeah, <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, it, it's, uh, I, I love to bring the, you know, the different disciplines to dressage is great, I mm-hmm. think. It's we also fabulous. do um, working equitation is another um I don't teach it, but it's it's a lot of fun, and, and it's it's a similar background as uh, dressage.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you're training riders, you need mm-hmm. a complete knowledge of human anatomy and physiology, don't you?
3: You and, do, and- because I'm looking at the person on a horse. Uh, how are they crooked? Are they straight? Are their shoulders level? Are their legs hanging? Are their you know there's a lot of physiological uh, aspects to riding tremendous amount because we're trying to move a 1000 to 2000 pound animal basically with not so much strength but more flexibility and suppleness within our bodies and um and that is a, one it's a very difficult thing t- to be teaching how to become more flexible and all that, but it's also it, it, when you do learn it and and you are more in sync with the horse and how they're moving, it makes everything better.
1: How'd yeah. you learn all about that? Did you learn it from, did somebody mentor you with that?
3: Yes. Other I, trainers? Yes, I met Heather Bender in 19, in the early 80s. She was at my barn. I just happened to met, meet her and I shortly before that, I had been to a horse show at LAEC and I sat in the middle berm and I watched dressage tests and I I started crying. I said, I want to do this. (laughs) It was a very (laughs) emotional moment for me. I thought I have to do this. And at the time I had a little Arab and and then Heather moved into my barn, which was amazing. Heather Bender, who's a big trainer and who's now in Florida, but um, that's how it all began really with her. And so I started taking lessons with her and she was young. I was what I was 21, 20 in my early twenties. And she was younger than me. She was like five years younger. So she was like maybe 18. And I, I was, oh my goodness. So she was a really young girl, and but she was great. She knew everything about, um, riding. She had worked with Jimmy Williams. She did jumpers. She did uh rodeo. She did, um, trick riding with her dad. And she worked or she rode with Hilda Gurney for many years. So she had a very good wealth of knowledge. And I, I began riding with her
2: and taking lessons from her. That's a very lucky uh, thing to happen oh, yeah. to you. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yes, she would yes. have
1: known all about the anatomy for human beings on the horses, right. having That's done right. all those disciplines.
2: Exactly.
3: Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. You've won several medals and awards for showing. Do you enjoy showing?
3: I do enjoy showing. It's 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 uh, it gives one a chance to go out, present yourself, say, "Look, this is what I've been doing <laughs> with my horses," and uh, and then getting feedback from a judge. So yeah, it's great. I, I do enjoy it. It's a lot you know, of
1: maybe, maybe tell people a little bit about what happens at a show. How you receive yeah. how you receive the test when you. Uh, written right. with the yes. written comments from the judge yes.
3: so you a show is scheduled you have a ride time you you know you get there and you get ready you have clothing you special clothes that you wear you have um your hair has to be a certain way your horse has to be braided and it's very fancy and you wear big coats and um and so uh, you 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 have a special time that you go in and, and write a test. A test could be anywhere from five to seven ten minutes, well, seven minutes no 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 longer than than no, there's no ten minute test but uh, and so you write a test in front of a judge and um, and then the judge gives you a critique of the test, basically. there are certain movements you have to do at certain levels and and then at the end. Um, They have written down comments and then scores, a score for each movement. And then,
2: can you you tell us about some of those movements? What they have you do?
3: Sure. Uh, let's say, uh, in a lower level training level test, you might be doing uh, a circle. Uh, So, our, our arenas are 20 meters by 60 meters long. 20 meters wide and um you might come in and halt you have to halt stop the horse square so the front feet are matching the back feet and they're square and then that's a score right there and then you continue and you might track to the left or to the right and there are letters in this arena and you have to do certain movements at certain letters so you might go to the right and you might make a 20 meter circle at one letter at b and then continue on. So that might, that would be a score right there. Um, and you might have to go across a diagonal uh, and then that would be a score and they're looking for different things. So there's different directives for each movement. So things that you have to accomplish within that movement.
1: That's a good explanation because I have attended, I've been fortunate enough to attend several Olympics and many, many world championships. Mm-hmm. I adore watching dressage. so. Contrasting what you just said about training level, take mm-hmm. us through a little bit of what would a Grand Prix test look like when you're watching the Olympics. That's right. Different.
3: Well, very different. Uh, much higher level. The horse looks differently. Uh, their their headsets a little bit higher. Their haunches are lower. Um, you might have, uh, you would do, um Let's see, how would I explain it? Well, the the coming into the dressage arena, you would be in a canter, so it's a different gait, it's not a trot or a walk. So you'd be cantering in, uh, you would do the same halt. um, And then you could, it's a much more, uh, the hindquarters are much more under the horse, if that makes sense to people. Um, and then the thrust of the movement is much bigger and forward. Um, so, you know, you might have a pirouette in, in the test, which is oh. raising of the front legs as you turn in a tight, tight, tiny circle. Um, and you have to do certain amount of of um, mm-hmm. of steps. So there might be six to eight steps in a pirouette. And you ha- in most, uh, most tests, you have to do symmetrical. So you do one side, and then you would come back and do the other side. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a complicated thing, but it's definitely and people it are out there those, doing it.
1: And then it has all those wonderful <laughs> changes of lead, yes, where the horse
3: changes when they have the, to change. The horse looks like he's skipping, skipping. You know, and, yeah. Uh, and there's a pee off, which is a trot in place. And there's passage, which is an elevated trot, so it's really quite quite beautiful
1: and there's um, nothing better than watching the musical freestyle
3: oh yes, yes, that's and
1: they it. create what is their- the
2: musical freestyle
1: oh.
3: it's a creation of a test to music
2: so you, you
1: create would, your own
2: you create
3: your own, oh. yeah, and it's uh it's they're big uh uh um audience grabbers, i mean people love them <laughs>
1: so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Very exciting. And yeah. now I want to ask you to tell us a little bit about your extracurricular hobby, singing.
3: Oh, because, yes. I yeah.
1: do sing. <laughs> How did you I, well, get going I, with that? Have I you started
3: singing in bands when in high school, you know, so many years ago in the seventies and, uh, rock and roll. Oh yeah. Rock and roll, <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Rock and roll. And uh I love Barbara Streisand she was like my idol and uh, me too
1: me too did, did <laughs> yeah.
3: and uh so yeah so I I uh I I gave it up for a long time I hadn't sang in in ages probably and since gosh probably since I had my children oh. so I, I I sang in bands up through uh, my early 30s and then I had my kids and I and it was just too much i couldn't do it but now you're, you know but so now I you're band.
1: you singing in a bar yeah exactly <laughs> but now you're so, back in a band right but
3: now i'm back in a band yeah oh. i i uh when was that like 2 years ago i think ni- 2019 i my friend um don who is an attorney but he has a band and um he invited me to come sing with them and and go to open some open mics. And now I'm now we're practicing all the time every week. And and hopefully we'll be playing it sometime,
2: sometime Ooh, soon. What's yeah. on your song list? Oh, uh, we do Fleetwood
3: Mac, we do The Motels, we do The Pretenders, we do Little Led Zeppelin.
1: Uh, <laughs> and are people doing harmony with you?
3: Uh, yeah, Don sings harmony, and the the bass player sings harmony too. Yeah.
1: How many people yeah. are in the band? How Four. Many
3: Four. Four people: drums, oh. bass, guitar, and me
2: singing.
1: Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah, it's fun. I wanna, uh, it's a lot maybe of. Maybe I can come hear you sing sometime. Oh, I'd, I'd love that. That. I have yeah. to. I would Both love of us that. sing too, so. Well. That would be oh, you such do? Fun. Oh yeah. Oh, in my case, music. it's past tense. But
2: what do you? What do you sing? Well, what kind of music in the shower mostly, but. Oh.
1: <laughs> I sang in church choir for oh, many wonderful. many decades, yeah. several yeah. decades.
2: Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and I was on a TV show for a while, way back when, called the uh-huh. Gold Diggers Dean Martin show. And, oh, uh, really? And I, oh, my and gosh. I did some singing commercials. That was oh, a while great. back. Yeah. Oh, how fun!
1: And I did a lot of that's musical fun. theater too. Yeah.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. My my original uh, when I first got into college, I was at CSUN. I was a theater major, so I did some theater and some singing there and yeah so mary and
1: i did a similar path me at ucla and her at usc yeah um, oh, okay we
2: are rivals, are we yep. rivals? <laughs> you are
1: <laughs> yeah. well thanks claudia and we want to tell our Listeners today, our guest today on Late Boomers has been Claudia Roberts, the dressage trainer and writer and owner of Pacific Dressage. And you can reach her through her pacificdressage.com website.
2: Claudia, thank you so much. That's been really informative to me, a non rider, and I'm inspired. Perhaps someday I'll come and take a beginning class. Come out
3: and ride sometime. Absolutely. Yes, that would be wonderful. (laughs) Thank
2: you. Thank you for having me. This has
3: been lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.
0: Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.